Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Expanse, Season 1, Episode 1, it's called Dulcinea and we will start spoiler free, because it's in Episode 1, even though it's a year old because this is a this is a new thing for us, typically if we're catching up with a show before a new season we'll do maybe a season video for the first one but we decided to try things a little bit differently and we're actually just going to go through this episode by episode as we do for most shows and we'll do one maybe two a day for the next week or so until we're done. So hopefully you'll enjoy this trip through the show. Now, we made that choice after watching the first episode to see if we liked it, yes. which we did. I liked it a lot, in fact. Card, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I liked it. I think a bit less than you, judging by your enthusiasm, but I liked it well enough. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I think this, they did this really smart thing where they start off with a couple of sequences that felt really expensive compared to the rest of the show. I think I think they chose very wisely. We're going to make a strong impression at the start of this. Yeah. T- this is a show we're putting a lot of effort into. But on top of that, I, I think the reasons why I really like this one, I feel like I've not had like a proper space show like this in a long time. There's, I mean, Dark Matter was on, but it wasn't very good. It wasn't. And things like that. Whereas this feels a bit more polished, but more... There's a whole world... If I have a complaint about the start of the episode, actually, is that the the like the captions that come up telling you what the the universe is like, there's almost too much of that to take. Yeah, in. there's like four pages of it. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, condense this down. That said, though, by the end of the episode, I feel like I got a good grasp on all that. Everything it said yeah. at the start, I I learned. It sort of reinforced it through the episode, so I think they put that all there just to make sure. Okay, it's in their heads, and we're going to. Reiterated it it would just at the time it felt like okay this is a lot of info before I see anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so the setup of the show is that the expanse obviously refers to the fact that we've expanded beyond Earth. We have colonized Mars and we've colonized. If you even call it colonization, I, I suppose it still is, but it's not colonizing the planets per se. But it's like the uh, the planets of Saturn. We're sort of like mining on the rings, so there's like space stations up there, and these three sort of distinct groups: the Earth, the Mars, and the was it they call them the, the belters? The belters, yeah. Because yeah. like they, they're in asteroid belts. Yeah, they're in asteroid belts. They're all like different. They're, they're like the three main factions now, and they're kind of all on the verge of war. Uh, the yeah. belters have low water and air, and that's like what's valuable to them. Whereas Earth's all the sort of rich, fancy people, and Mars is kind of this. We didn't really get military. Whole, yeah, more militaristic. We didn't get a super amount of Mars because we don't really. I don't think we see anyone from Mars in this episode. Uh, no, not that I know of. Yeah, we see a ship from Mars. At least the characters think it's a ship from Mars, but beyond that, we don't... Yeah, we only know from the text at the start where it says Mars is a, an independent military, independent military yeah. settlement. So right away, that's interesting. You've got the, this dynamic set. We've got this world that it's created that's very fantastical, but at the same time, it's not, it's not Star Wars, it's not Star Trek, where there's all these other planets. It's, it's our solar system. It's still based on yeah. roughly the kind of thing we we're familiar with but the reason why i think this worked is it did look very good i think it had a lot yeah. of polish i'm happy to have a space show back but the other thing i think it did is that especially more some more some more than others but i think it did a good job of defining who some of the characters were and it made me kind of like them and care about them quickly holden especially holden is the sort of the main character we follow on the ship who uh, the can uh, which is short for canterbury which is a an ice uh, mining vessel or transportation vessel because they're transporting ice out to the the bellers. Yeah, and we see that he gets this because Jonathan Banks is in the episode as the the EXO who's 
I wonder if we're going to see. I feel like we won't. I don't want to get any spoilers. I don't think we will. Yeah. But it feels like we got Jonathan Banks for like one scene, and we'll never see him again. And it was this really weird scene where he's like this crazy old man. I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's in this, and then he was like shuffled off. I was like, okay, that feels like the last we're going to see of him. Yeah, there was like, his name came off at the start, and I thought, oh, Jonathan Banks is in this, and then I was like, are they basically just. Is this what happened? Like, Mike got depressed in the future and he <laughs> he went, you know, cabin fever crazy on a spaceship? I don't know. But we set up quickly that Holden's this guy who doesn't really want to, like, go up the ranks. He's kind of happy being the, the grunt that he is, but he's good at what he does. He's good with the people on the ship and the, the captain, like, makes him the temporary XO. And he's, he actually wants him to be the, the full-time XO, but Holden keeps saying, oh, no, I'm just acting. I don't want this job. Not really. But he does a good job of setting up him, his relationships... And the kind of guy he is, where he feels like a real person because he's not just two-dimensional. Like, he has conflicts. It's like he's good at this, but he doesn't really want to do it. He says he'll do this, but then he secretly does something else. And it all makes sense. It doesn't feel... Yeah, no, I get it. Like, I think it's established pretty clearly in that conversation with the captain. Yeah. Where he's offering him the badge and he's saying, no, I don't want that, even though he's loyal to the ship and he's been around for, I think he says, four years and he, he knows everyone, but he just doesn't care. Or he, or at least he doesn't seem like he cares. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I think, I think he's your sort of reluctant hero. Type. He is, yeah. And I'm a, I'm a fan of that archetype. If it's done well, if you, if you do it with a... If it's well written and you've got a good actor pulling it off, and I think he's likeable. I think, you know, we just watched the first episode of Beyond from Freeform, and I don't mean this to be insulting or like mock someone's appearance, but like the lead actor on that show, the minute I seen him, I went, he's annoying. <laughs> like as soon as I looked at his face, I just I got an impression immediately of who he was. And whereas with this guy, I'm like, no, he seems like he's they've cast the right actor for this role. He feels like this type of guy. Yeah. I I guess I'm just kind of I'm criticizing Freeform's casting decisions more than I am. More yeah, than it's I'm not his else. fault. Like, but yeah. he's just in the wrong part. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's, he's too much of a pretty boy. Yeah, for, and, for and you role. saying, oh, you don't want to judge the looks. I think it's okay in acting because they're selling a character and a person and yeah, yeah, my, my, on screen. It's a visual thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not just saying, oh, man, this guy's ugly. Get him off my screen. That's not what I mean. I don't, I don't mean fact, that at all. In fact, it was the opposite before. It was the opposite, on. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly the point. <laughs> it's not that this guy is ugly. He's, I'm sure he's very attractive to the ladies and or some men, but... He's he right for the, the role. Part. He's got yeah. a bit of gruffness, just a, the right bit of sort of grit about him. You know, yeah. Little, just slightly unkempt, slightly unshaved, kind of thing. Yeah. But he looks the part. Yeah, that's that's right. And I think some characters more than other. Uh, obviously, we get a so so yeah. We, fo- we follow three. It's funny because there's, there's three main factions of like, in the world in this universe of these different worlds, and we follow three kind of main plot lines. But it's not one from each. It's mm. actually kind of. Like, obviously, the ship's kind of an in-between kind of thing. We follow a, a detective, played by Thomas Jane. He's a miller. And he is on the sort of the main space station on the in, the in the Belters region. Yeah, Ceres, I believe it was. Ceres, yeah, is the name of it. And he's got a new partner who didn't grow up here. He came from, uh, I think, Earth. And the and actually, this is part of the world building I really like, is they mention that all the people who were born out here and grew up here had to take meds because they never, they, they were never brought up in real gravity, so that it changed the way their skeleton <laughs> kind of formed and the way they grew. Bless you, Connor. Bless. Thank you. And 
I, I just thought it was a nice little simple touch, a little bit of world building. It, it set up this, you know, Thomas Jane's character's got like, the top of his spine kind of sticks out a bit, and just just little things. Yeah, like they, that. they say how like generations of this has led them like bone deformities, and you see like their arms are all really thin and yeah. skinny. And I mean, we see a scene on Earth where one of them is like being crushed by the gravity. Yeah, he can't handle it. We won't talk about why that is because it's spoiler territory, but. The yeah, you see that he can't handle. It. He's never been on Earth. He's never been on a planet with real gravity. Yeah, he's never he's never felt his body doesn't know how to cope with gravity anymore. Which is a really weird thing to think about. Yeah, really weird. But it's cool. It's like all these ideas. Like I don't know how scientifically accurate that is, but in terms of us just sitting going. I mean, I'd say presumably very. Seeing as if you go to space, you know, just a space station now for six months, you come back. Yeah. Your muscles have atrophied. Gravity is hard again. Like yeah. it, it's difficult, so I imagine generations of that would lead to this. Yeah, I, I just mean like it doesn't have to be pinpoint accurate because it, it just sounds right. Like from what we know, just from our yeah. lame knowledge, you know, our lamest knowledge, we we get it. Like it makes sense. Yeah, and it's good. I, I think it does a good job of building that world. I, I think the episode builds a good bit of mystery as to who like there's a sort of there's a distress speaking in the episode and there's a debate about going to find it from the ship that you know with Canterbury that's going towards series and there's a mystery as to who sent the distress speaking there's further mystery when they get there and there's a big climax to the episode and all of it made me go okay well we have this clear conflict between like the earth mars and the belters but i don't feel like it's just that simple either there, there seems to be something more at play here yeah, it seems like there's like independent people, especially with the ship, where it feels like they just care about themselves and yeah. like you know dealing with their own crew, and so it's like they don't really care that much about being involved, perhaps between sides. They don't necessarily want to pick. So you have all these individual factions, even though you've got these big three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought all the spaceship stuff looked great. I mean, mm. so there's some stuff that yeah, it, it kind of you can tell it's CG, but it looks very good. CG for for TVs especially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think all the I think the fact that everything has lights on it makes it look really cool. And it's quite a brave choice as well. Yeah. That especially when it's all CG, you could hide it a bit better if it wasn't all lighty. It gives it a distinct look though. It, it almost feels more. I don't want to say realistic, but it it, it kind of more. Like a lot of like, and this has a bit of weathering in it, where it's like, oh, the Canterbury is specifically mentioned to be an old ship that's fallen apart, but it feels a bit more realistic in the sense that it feels a bit, just a bit more clinical than say a ship from something like Firefly. Yeah, you know, it, feel, it feels a bit more like that, and it, I, I think that it gives it a, its own feel, its own, its own. Despite the fact that I've seen a lot of movies and TV shows set in, in space with ships like you know docking and you know leaving each other. This had its own distinct look to it. And I, yeah, again, which yeah. is it's impressive, I think, now. Because it's not that easy to set yourself apart anymore. No. But that, that was kind of the first thing. That, after the opening scene where we have the... There's a female character, we don't know who she is, and she wakes up and she's there's no gravity on whatever ship she's on and she's there's no one else there and she's looking for help and she's this weird thing which we won't spoil. And that sets up the mystery of the show and then we, we don't really see her again for the, the episode. And it's we, we, get, we get a sense of who she is from another plot line. But we don't know why she was there, what happened, and this is all tying into the mystery and I like that. But the first thing that grabbed me after the opening scene of just this mystery of her floating around and it being kind of almost a horror-esque scene was just how good the space stuff looked. Like, it cut to, like, the space station and I'm like, man, this looks... I'm into this. Like, I want I want a show like this. 
Yeah, and it never feels like it's having to hide what it's doing either, no, which it is doesn't. important, I think. And then they really try and show off as well by doing this. Obviously, it's connected by a lot of CG elements, but there's like this sort of almost oneer that goes through the floor and like through these like a uh, almost subway like tunnels that are inside the space station that travel from place to place. Yeah, and the camera sort of goes through them and follows some people out of the the train car into i don't even know if the train is the right word to use here but that's what it you know, feels like the most I'd, I'd have said train yeah and we follow them out into the world and we get a sense of the different people we get a sense that there's these sort of i don't want to say extremists but you know this there's this person like sort of and you know in public shouting about how the mars and the earth are evil and we're the true belters and there's you feel the sense that there's prejudice amongst people and there's these you know it all ties into the, again the premise I think that's the thing that the episode does that I really like. Uh, beyond building the characters, it builds the world in a really, really strong way. Everything yeah. feels everything feels like it's there to let us inform us about what this place is, what this what this universe is. And I think that's especially important this first episode because the plot is not that heavy in this episode. Yeah, there's I mean obviously there's elements of plot, but it's kind of very very basic, which on its own would not be enough to grab you, but it kind of just lets you settle into what this world is for a good you know 40 minutes i think that's important at the start of a show like this where there is so much new information that you need to digest yeah i, I think do, do you know what i think this did really I, I can compare it to other things here and i can tell you why this succeeds do you know we often say a lot of dramas a lot of our long shows their pilot should have been doubles because it feels like yeah. they cram too much in to fit it all in this was successful and not needing to do that because it said, you know what, we don't need to have tons of plot that we would normally have in a pilot. We'll just have all the other important stuff to set it up. Yeah, and I think I almost prefer it, especially with something like this, this sci-fi world, where it feels like knowing the world and the politics is, is going to be important to yeah. the plot, obviously. So just getting a basic understanding of that straight away so they can then build on that later feels like a smart choice. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And I, I think what little plot there is about the distress speaking was engaging and everything about it, again, informs about the characters having the debates, do we go and help them? It let us know what their priorities were, what the general attitudes were amongst these people. Yeah, but even that served the further world building, like they mentioned that they should go and like why. Yeah, and it's a regulation that they're supposed to go. Yeah, so you get the idea that okay, there is oversight to them, even though they're this seemingly independent vessel. Yeah. But no, I, I I, think as well, this wouldn't be enough like halfway through a season or in season two or whatever, but I think for the first episode, you are almost, you're happy just having the world to live in and explore without a super in-depth plot. Because I, I think, obviously, the, the other main plot that we follow, well, there's, there's three main plots. One's, they're, they're sort of descending order in terms of how much screen time they get. But the second one is the detective on Ceres, and we learn a lot about Ceres and about the living conditions and how there's like people who are corrupt that are like actually cutting off the air supply to certain sections to save money and yeah. things like that. And his plot's pretty strict. You know, he he gets a case, a missing persons, which relates to the woman we've seen at the start of the episode. And he sort of does a little bit of digging, but it's there's not a whole lot to it. He doesn't really get anywhere in this episode. No, it's mostly just him showing us this space station yeah, the introducing us to yeah. the politics of this environment because obviously he's got a boss there's a hierarchy there's the you mentioned the guy with the, the air filters you know like yeah. what, what's his role and someone who he knows from his past we, you know we meet someone we see that prostitution's a thing here 
and it seems to be and, legal. It's like a yeah. It, it's also done very cleverly because he has like a protege, almost like a trainee. Yeah, who's asking questions and he's explaining. So stuff. it it yeah. feels very natural for him to explain stuff to us essentially. Yeah, I I really like this actually. I'm I'm super. I mean, it could could nosedive, but I am actually really happy we're catching up on this for season yeah, two. Me too. If I have any complaints about the episode, this is actually kind of a weird one, and I don't know if you, I wonder if you'll agree with me since it's your area. I have a little bit of an issue with the sound mix. Okay. I feel like I don't know if it's the dialogue was mixed too low in some scenes. Or if it was the surround effects and the 5.1 mix were mixed too high. But I felt like I was struggling to hear some of the, the lines of dialogue. This sounds like a 5.1 issue, because I listened to 2.1 and I did have not an issue. have an issue with that. Okay, well, that's so the... it sounds like whoever's mixed it in 5.1 has, has messed up there. Yeah, so I think the 5.1 mix is a little unbalanced. Because, I mean, I was watching it late at night, and I can put it up fairly loud, but there's a point where the... The noises coming from behind me were getting so loud that I was like, oh, damn, that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that sounds like it's a 5.1-specific okay. issue, which is unfortunate, of course. Because, it, obviously, it's typically the better way to experience uh, yeah. anything is in surround sound. So, that's a shame, but it's a minor, it's a minor complaint. Like, you, yeah. I got past it. I think it was only bothering me more because it was early on in the episode and I was trying to catch all these details, like... What's the name of the space station? What's the name of the ship? What's the, you know? And I think Thomas Jane maybe mumbles a little bit, which doesn't help. But well, he is a bit mumbly in it, yeah. Yeah. But I think that that was him. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. Yeah. But again, had the sound mix been balanced a little bit better, maybe I would have not had as much of an issue with him. Yeah. But yeah, minor complaint. So I think we'll maybe go into a bit, little bit of spoiler talk if you've not seen the expanse. Obviously, a lot of you will have because it's a year old at this point. And if you haven't, then I recommend catching up for season two with us. You know, watch. Yeah, you got about. A month. Yeah, what, what, try and watch uh, our reviews after each episode because we tend to speculate a lot and that can add up. It is typically more fun to, to join us along this journey than it is to just watch it after. But yeah, if you I watch mean, it, it works too. It can work well. I mean, if you're like me and you love listening to the old podcast because you'll hear people make a, a prediction about how a movie will do and you know that it's completely wrong and you just sit there and laugh because you're from the future and you, you know more than they do. It's always fun to do, isn't it? I enjoy that too. But I would recommend uh, watching us along with it if you haven't watched it yet, just because the speculation is a big part of what we do. Or, even if you have watched it, maybe rewatch along with us and, yeah. you know, have some refresher before season two starts. Alright, so, yeah, so we're going to get some spoilers for episode one of The Expanse. So, spoilers from this point on. I will say, I was really expecting Holden's girlfriend to be our main character. Yeah. And the captain as well, I felt like. In hindsight, it makes sense that they built him up as this kind of unwant, you know, reluctant leader because now he actually has to be the leader. Yeah, he's he's now the highest ranking official on this little side ship that went out yeah. to the to the derelict one, and they they get nuked, which is another thing. They they nuke spaceships in this, and it looks good. It does look good. That big like blue sphere yeah. of light that comes out after it. I, I mean, Man, again, I have. Good. No idea if that is what a nuclear explosion would look like in space. I have no. I don't care. Like, I yeah, want I don't it care. to look like that. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Like if you, because we know what we know now. When you watch an old sci-fi movie, there's a lot of things in say like the early Star Wars films where yeah, this is bollocks. <laughs> this doesn't. You know, there's no sound in space. If the Death Star exploded, you wouldn't have this ring that would come out. Yeah. But, Star Wars gets away with it more than say Star Trek, just because it's so fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Star Trek's the kind of thing where it's adapted with the knowledge we've got over time where it, you know it, yeah. it won't do the same mistakes again it'll it'll yeah. adapt 
But no, it looked, looked great. I, loving them explore the the empty ship that she was on at the start and whatever crazy thing she saw with that big blue core that was like erupting yeah. at the start. I don't know what's going on there. Was weird. I feel like so- if I was to make a wild guess, and this is based on almost nothing at this point, I feel like she was onto some sort of conspiracy about what either Mars or whatever faction it was is up to something secret. That's if I had to guess, it would be to do with water. Some sort of filtration, perhaps, or mm. some, something that can generate it somehow. I'm not entirely sure, Maybe. but everything seems to have revolved around like, like water and air. And yeah. yeah, it could be something as simple as that they can convert something to water, and therefore there would be an unlimited supply. Yeah, so then they're not relying on the belters anymore, and changes the whole balance of power between the three. Yeah, because the belters supply them with like the other, like the Mars and Earth get supplied with minerals and stuff, like stuff that you can only get in the the belt yeah because obviously well that's where most of that water comes from as well like the ice on, on in the belt and the frozen stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, but well that's why because the ship's coming back from mining it to the ship yeah. and obviously space takes a long time to travel so I mean obviously again it probably won't be entirely accurate but they're, they're at least trying to they're trying to give the, the sense that it takes a while to get from place to place in space yeah like even when when they hear that distress beacon they say oh it'll only take us two days out of our way so it's still it's close enough for them to, to hear the beacon, but it's, you know, it's not a, it's small for them, two days, but it's not that small an increment of time. Yeah, I thought I thought the ships looked good. Uh, I thought I actually thought the the introduction to Holden, he's having sex with his girlfriend, who's like the, the, the flake computer yeah. girl, or I don't know what the, the exact, communications officer maybe, I can't remember the exact yeah. uh, job title, but they're having sex in like zero gravity, and I thought that was a really cool image. I liked it because it didn't feel gratuitous. Like it wasn't because some shows they'll cut to a sex scene and they'll just be like nothing but moaning and groaning, and it just feels kind of like yeah, we get it, the sex. Whereas this felt a lot more like fantastical and peaceful. It really, it was also setting like the scene as like this is normal, you know, just like the, this zero gravity environment where they would do everything in it, like even this. It just feels like it was serving a purpose for that as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And they built them up really well, and she was about to tell him something just before the ship blew up. She was definitely pregnant. Yeah, that's what I was immediately what I thought as well. <laughs> now, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a twist later and we do somehow get them back. I don't know what the rules are of this universe yet. It feels more grounded than that, but at the same time, the way she was about to tell him something makes me think, I don't know. Like there's got to be something to come from it. I, either like him that, finding out, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he'll find out some other way and it'll add some weight to it. But the funny thing is, is I liked her in her small amount of screen time. Mm. So I cared that she died yeah. in episode one. And that, I think that's that's impressive. So that's that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, so I like that he has the secret that he's the one who... Because who, they, they actually decided, they decided, no, we're not going to go. Because we get a bonus for being on time with this shipment. So the captain says, and he agrees as the XO, no, no, yeah, we'll just we'll go. But he gets up in the middle of the night and he listens to the recording of the beacon and he hears the, the voice ask for help and beg for help and he can't let it go. So he sends like an anonymous thing to the company so they know that if they don't go, it'll be on record that they heard this. Whereas before they were going to pretend that they never got it. But now it's yeah. on record, so they have to go. And he tells his friend, whose name is Nagata, who of course is going to be a main character. And we see a couple of other guys who are with them on the small ship. Uh, Burton and Garvey, the other two names. Some recognisable faces, actually. Uh, Garvey, he was in The Night Of earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And he's been on a bunch of other things that I've seen. He was in Road Trip, of all things. But, uh, yeah, so they, they got in the ship, and he tells Nagar, who he's clearly close with, 
that he was the one who did it. And she's like, you better not tell anyone that. And this is before it gets everyone killed. <laughs> yeah, but what I found interesting is obviously it didn't really focus on those characters. It feels now they're going to be part of our core yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah. But we got almost nothing from them in this episode because we were focused on the ship people, like the captain and the girlfriend. I think I think that was kind of a, a balance that they wanted to strike where we learn about Holden because he's going to be the main one. Yeah. So that's important. But given a bit of focus on the other characters that died, made us care about them when they went. So it was kind of this yeah. balance where you're setting up one that we need to have set up, but you're also making us care about the ones who die. And then these other characters who are with them, we can you know we can get to know them. We'll get to them, yeah. yeah. So it was an interesting choice that because I didn't realize they were going to be main characters. Yeah, you know, yeah. like until the end, it's like, oh, okay, this is our group. Yeah, you're leaning towards the ones that died first because they feel yeah. more the main characters. Yeah, I, I think I think that was that was a wise move. So I like this dynamic that's set up that he has this secret now, and he's going to have to live with this crap, Matt. Because the funny thing was, it, it was guilt in the first place that made him ensure they go and check their speaking. Yeah, but now and now it seems like oh, it was just a trap, and they're and now they're and he's got everyone killed. Yeah, but at the same time, we did see the woman on the ship. I'm assuming it's the same we ship, did. a little of the same ship, at the start of the episode. So we know there was a person needing help there, which is where you know the mystery comes in, and we see this ship that they think is from Mars. But we the only evidence we have to go on that is that they say, "Oh, that looks like a Mars ship." We we don't know if that. I, is. I don't think it's even that. I think it's that they say, "Oh, it's it's it must be stealth technology because it wasn't showing up on all the scanners," yeah. and then they say, "Oh, we know who's got that stealth technology that yeah, good." It's, it's, it's almost it Mars. yeah. It's almost just like they speculate that it's Mars, not that they even know it's Mars. Yeah, which to me is almost interesting. Is it, is it something else? Yeah, uh, and, I, and then on you go. I was to say, if it is someone else, it raises the question of how did they get this stealthing technology yeah. that for some reason they assume only Mars can do. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be like aliens. It doesn't feel like the show's going to introduce anything like that. But I do, you know, it does make me intrigued. It's like, what's the mystery? Who are these other people? If it isn't Mars, and kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. We do get some scenes on Earth, and I kind of left this out the spoiler-free section because I, I didn't really know how to talk about a lot of this. We mentioned the the guy getting, well, we didn't say tortured, but he's getting tortured with gravity. Yeah. Because uh, I guess we'll call her. She's a UN councilwoman. Yeah, that's something we didn't mention is that the Earth is controlled by the UN. They are the the force yeah. that controls Earth now, which is amusing, <laughs> in and of itself. It's uh, logical though. Yeah, her name. I'm I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Christian, and it's, that's Christian with a, a J, not a T. Christian. Right. Uh, right. Avasarala. Well and thoroughly butchered. Avasarala. Yeah. Uh, apologies. Interestingly, I, I recognise the actress. More specifically, I recognise her voice. Did her voice sound familiar to you? It did, but I couldn't place it. I'm going to tell you where it's from, and you're going to laugh. I'm going to know, Anna. You're going to smile. Uh, she was a voice in Mass Effect 2. Who was she? I can't remember, but as soon as I read, I seen Mass Effect 2 on our IMDb, I like, asked where I know her voice from. It Fair has enough. to be. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, so she 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 seems to be like this really nice person. She's taking care of her grandson. But then it turns out she's this hard-edged, yeah, torturing for another 10 hours. We want this information. You know, we're on the brink of war kind of thing. That's the only, We only get like two scenes with her. Yeah. But again, it just sets up a little enough that we get a sense of this is on Earth. Yeah, and it's again, it's serving the the political situation where this is getting worse between them and Mars. Yeah, I I think what I I think I, I keep complimenting because I actually thought it was a really strong first episode. 
I think what really impresses me as well is that nothing felt wasted in terms of time. Every, I think every scene almost either told us about a character and their motivations or whatever, or advanced the the not the plot but the the world the building. world yeah, yeah which is very important to set up right now and i don't think there was any scene where i felt because he, even uh, the cop miller he ha- he has this scene where he, this girl's got this i think it's a fake bird i think it's meant to be fake like a robot bird or something yeah and he sees the girl and it reminds him of the the people he gl- glossed over earlier because he told his partner to oh, forget these people that are dying like this guy pays the department or whatever he's untouchable mm. And it makes him change his mind and go back and he throws him in an airlock and threatens to, you know, he sucks all the air out of the room so that he feels what it's like to be suffocated. But even that, as much as that feels kind of separate, it's important because it says, look, this guy is a cynical prick, but when it comes down to it, when it when he's pushed into a hard place, he'll do some, he'll do the right thing. Yeah. So, yeah, building character, building the world. And then it has those just occasionally, like, just cool things that make you look at it like the arm. Mm, yeah, yeah, the guy gets his arm... It, it barely even cares. He's like, oh... I'll just get a new one. But uh, it's he, just this, this, well, that visual of the arm spinning through space. Uh, yeah, it looked really cool. But uh, well, he did care, actually. That's not the thing I should have said. He cares, but he doesn't care that he lost his arm. He cares about which replacement he's getting. Yeah. He's, he's annoyed that he might get a used one. He's like, no, 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 I don't want that. I want a fancy yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, so again, just it was funny, but again, it tells you about the world. It, t- it gives you some information about the yeah. society they live in. And... I like that. That's that's really good. So no, I I really like this episode. And after I watched it, I'm like, you know what? No, no, we're doing this one by one. I want to talk about this after each episode. Yeah. So, there we are. Uh, this is the only one we're doing today. We want one or two a day until we're done. There's ten episodes, so it'll be next week sometime at the latest. Yeah, at the, at the most a full week. It'll be until we're finished, and then we might we're thinking about doing the magician season one as well. We'll try it. We'll try episode one. We'll see how we feel. But that, and, that's we'll see, and we'll see when that is in the rest of our slate starts filling in. Yeah, yeah, because obviously next week more shows start coming back. But it's not too bad next week, so I think we might fit in. But no promises. No promises. But that's The Expanse, episode one. Uh, I liked that a lot. Connor didn't like it. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe more uh, ecstatic uh, about it. I but thought it was still very good, don't get yeah. me wrong. But I think you just preferred it a little bit more. I, I don't think it's even so much that I see more quality in it. I think it's just that it, I've got an itch, and it just it's scratching that itch. Yeah, I, I thought it was very good, but I haven't just I haven't quite gone. Oh, I need to watch the next one after that. It's like okay, ah. I'm interested. I'm going to watch it, but I don't feel the need to go. All right, I want to put it on right now, which is maybe what the difference is. Hmm. Well, you're going to it anyway because I'm making you, so that's fine. Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Expanse episode one. Let us know what you thought of this first episode. If you've seen it, uh, no spoilers for the rest. Don't be naughty. Yeah, don't don't ruin it for us. So thanks very much, guys. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Uh, and we'll see you next time. And remember, season two starts at the start of February. So we're looking I forward to that. Believe it's the eighth. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. So. I'll put it up. In, I, you know what, I'll put it up in the screen. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but when I'm putting this through the edit, I'll put I'll put it in the screen. And you can have a look. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.